0: Right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Well, I mean that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sally here checked in with our old friend Harry Higgs, talking about. Struggle he's gone through over the last year or so since the Masters kind of, uh, yeah, he explains it all. I don't need to explain it to you. He does reference Corey a lot. Corey is Corey Lundberg, his coach, uh, the Altus performance. And he's also my coach. I haven't seen him in a long time. I'm hoping to change that actually very soon. But uh, if you're wondering who that is, and Al is his brother, Al Higgs, who is his caddy. A lot of great stuff from Harry, talking a lot about his golf on the front end and the back end is uh pga tour stuff live stuff developments and everything it's some of the best stuff we've heard on this show i think of perspective on how it's all going to work and uh harry obviously knows the ins and outs of a lot of it this episode's brought to you by our friends at roback you know roback you've seen it everywhere whether you realize it the best way to describe them is best fit best feel their performance polos are they fit so much better than your boxy polos we've got them in our shop now we really struggle to keep them on the shelves Just like their hoodies, that's the biggest problem we've run into with Roback, is just keeping it on the shelves. Their performance Q-Zips are perfect. I cannot say enough great things about them. They're great for a night out. Uh, You can wear them comfortably at dinner, and they look quite nice and formal, yet look casual enough to wear on the golf course as well. They're soft, they're stretchy, and they're comfortable. And the performance hoodies, what I I cannot say enough about I'm going to stop even putting this part in here. You know about the hoodies. You've seen them in all of our videos. You've seen them on all of our live shows. These things really are that good, and I wear them almost daily around the house. They're gaining traction big time, and you can use code NLU at roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's R H O B A C K dot com. 20% off polos, Q zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. They got joggers, they got shorts, they got vests, they got so much great stuff. Roback.com, code NLU. Here is Harry Higgs. Man, I'm glad we pushed uh, the schedule back. We were getting tight up against the U.S. soccer game today, and uh, I'm glad we sweated that one out. That would have been tough to do a podcast while all that's going on, just yelling into the into the mics, I'm sure. Yeah, that
0: was a big-time sweat. looked great. Uh, no, again, not that I really know anything about soccer. It looked great in the first half and then looked like they were trying to hang on for dear life. Pretty cool. It gives me another thing to do while I'm kind of sitting around doing nothing. Saturday morning, you get to watch a little soccer.
1: What is this time of year like for you this time around? what's What's the state of Harry Higgs as we as we check in with you in late November, 2022?
0: You know, I just I thought about it the other day, or sorry, late earlier today. About this time of year, it's nice. Obviously, everybody needs a break. I mean, from everybody within golf, the people that cover it, the people that play it, the people you know, caddies. The I'm sure the tour staff would like a break. I'm sure they're a little busier than I am over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, this is—I mean—more of an optimistic state than than what I would have been after the last couple of weeks that I've played. Uh, also, I just had a brief thought this after this this morning, like, okay, well, the last three winter breaks that I've had, I have you know at least had one top ten in the fall. I've you know had accrued way more FedEx Cup points and the whole thing. But I seem to be, for whatever reason, less worried about. I guess, what's to come than any other year, right? Somebody asked me Sea Island after Friday, you know, I think they, they had Joel, obviously Joel comes on and talks and we're forever linked. Um, but he talked about kind of the fear and the, you know, of losing your job, right. The fear of kind of failing and being knocked down a run. So, yeah, I mean, I just spoke on it a bit there. And then also just having you, you I obviously I, in a way did lose my job. My, I lost last year played poorly enough to, to lose my right to or ability to play whatever I want. Now the kind of schedule is made for me, but in a way that also is just kind of nice. I know what I'm going to play and I know kind of roughly the amount of times that I'm going to play and you got to just go and, and settle your business at those events. Um, I'm enjoying some rest. Uh, I'm, I'm going into this kind of holiday and then winter break with far less points than I ever have. And I am way more optimistic about the, uh, the 2023 stretch of, of the year than maybe I, I have ever been. So.
1: Cause you've given some great interviews lately, just about, it seems like you've had a, a newfound, you know, perspective on, on, you know, you have not had your best year really after the masters, you know, if, if people that don't follow your career on a week to week basis, if you want to kind of give us a rundown of what, what things have been like really since the masters for you and kind of how you've maybe come out of that on the other end. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed seeing you smiling up there and giving a lot of perspective, perspective on things. Cause I saw a grumpy man. I, I have a story to tell you a little bit about. No,
0: I, I was, I don't remember what the podcast was. I listened to darn near every one of them, but you did shout out uh, a time when, when you guys were at colonial and you had spoken about it, but the the player went unnamed and then the said player was later named. Was me. <laughs> um, so I, I, we will get to that. I'm, I'm very curious kind of what you saw kind of the, the impetus of this was my, my brother slash caddy, Alex, My girlfriend, she had a lot to do with it. She was always harping on it. And then Corey, it was a lot of just like, man, we don't really care. Throughout that stretch run, basically after the Masters, I played like shit for whatever it might've been, four, five, six months. Uh, I think I might've made like two cuts and two, maybe three cuts. And if I did, I finished like 60th or worse in the events where I was playing the weekend. First bit, like my skills weren't where I wanted them to be. So that irritates, that just irritates you, right? you put in all this work, you know what you are capable of, and, you know, just sadly that skills don't come along for the ride. But my brother, girlfriend, and and coach, Corey, they all, for a while, were really trying to, we, we spoke to a couple of sports psychologists. Uh, not we, I did. But they were just kind of pleading with me to just, like, relax. And, and obviously, it's a very hard thing to do to relax after you come off. Uh, 14th place finish in Augusta, you feel like things are really trending upwards. You're probably going to have a, you know, play halfway decent golf and have a few chances to win throughout the summer where mine was the exact opposite. I played like shit and I'm every week I go out there, I'm staring, losing my job in the face, right? Like, so it's just difficult. And and they all understood that and they, but the plead was like, hey, can we just get our guy back, man? Like the, it affects all of us off the golf course, but I was not well, at times I was miserable off the golf course too, but just like man, can we just like have some fun out here and and smile and joke and laugh and and do our best to laugh off bad shots and and then if I think back even during the stretch, like so yeah, the quality of shots probably wasn't what I wanted, but they really weren't the the reaction to the the actual result. Whether you know the result was not as poor as as the reaction was.
1: Yeah, at the same time, like golfer, every golfer has gone through like a time period, whether it be a round or a series of rounds, where like. I know I'm being a bitch right now, and I can't get out of it. I know that I'm way more upset about this than I should be, but I I, I can't get out of that. And I, I, that, that's what I found interesting about kind of the, the perspective you've shared the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, the, the worst part about it is, and the reason why I am reluctant in a way to speak to a, I guess you would say, like licensed professional, a sports psychologist, whoever it may be, is most of the time, at least in my understanding of what I would hear from those those individuals, is like awareness, you know, recentered you know, deep breaths, right? Like be present. I am always present in that, like I am so self aware to almost my fault that I know I'm acting so poorly and I should stop. And I was not stopping. And I'm still, I, I wouldn't say acting poorly currently but like I'm I'm gonna get mad I like the 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 disclaimer with Al and Corey was I mean okay let's do this we need to we need to tackle this but like I'm still gonna say fuck like I'm gonna get pissed and I'm gonna and I might like you know Al you're there with me five hours a day I might you know hammer you on something that I feel you shouldn't have done but like I was just doing it as a way to like basically express to my fellow players, caddies, the, you know, the folks inside the ropes, the folks outside the rope, like expressed to them that, Oh, you know, I am really good. I just hit that bad shot. I am really good. So I'm just going to get really, really mad about it. <laughs> so you guys all think that like, this doesn't happen that often. Right. And a lot of that was in the beginning of the year after the Phoenix event, um, which we all know what happened there. Like I'm not going to say I started to have a hard time being me. Cause I've they've never really had a hard time being me. I've always been, been me and enjoyed being me, but I had a hard time with like the recognition and people coming to watch, you know, watch me play all this stuff, which is something that I love, but they were coming not, maybe not necessarily because of like my results and my, like, you're going to really be like, come watch me playing. Yeah. you're going to see some really, really great golf shots. So that was kind of the start of how it all just teetered downward and then it, it did get to a point where it just felt like I, I mean i was aware while i was doing it like act out cause a scene to let like almost subconsciously to let people and others know that, like ah, it's okay i'm really good at this i might have just hit it in the water three times in a row but i'm still really good at this right which just serves fucking no one uh, obviously it doesn't do me any good and I mean it makes my poor brother it's really really hard to be around me i i still think that i did a pretty decent job of when i left Maybe they needed to give me half hour, an hour, but once I left, I was, but I, I mean, I was irritable at times and I, you know, we all all still are. I'm a fucking human being, but I was irritable to, you know, be at dinner with or stay in a rental house with, I did a pretty good job of shrugging it off after a while. Um, But it, it was just hard, man. You know that you're doing it and I just wouldn't, wouldn't fucking stop. And it, I guess in a way, like took losing my, I didn't lose my job necessarily but it took losing my ability to pick my schedule and my the certainty of how many events i'd be in and even it it didn't like i didn't the flip didn't switch then either you know i played shit in the corn fairy finals i played poorly in the first two napa and jackson and then bermuda was kind of the start i played great the first day shot 700 it was a very the conditions were very easy but like okay we're starting to turn it around. And then I acted like a complete ass all day Friday. And it was raining and windy and I hate playing in the rain. No excuses, but I played poorly and missed the cut. I went from like, you know, tied for seventh at the first day to, to missing the cut. And it was just like Corey and Alan, everybody stays away for a couple of days. It's like, all right, man, how are we going to attack this come, you know, the next week? Shout out Keith Mitchell for pushing an invite through for me to get into my Coba, So I, I'm playing the next week. And I think it was Wednesday. I talked to Corey and Al. We we had talked some throughout the week. And how do we attack this? How like how can we shake this? Because we did like we did half of it. And it was like guys, I'm now now I'm just fed up and I'm tired of like the failure. I mean, it's just I'm not upset about it. I'm not, but I'm just tired of it, right? I mean, it's just miserable, man. It's it sucks. I know that I'm I know that I'm trending. I know that I'm I'm close. It's just if I can get out of my own fucking way, I think like. Worst, the worst I'm going to do is shoot like even par if I just start acting like a golfer again, a, a professional golfer, right? Somebody that like knows deep down at some point things are going to turn around. And the, really the conversation was left pretty open. I just kind of aired it out to, to Corey and my brother. And I went out that first day in Mexico and I think I might've shot two or three under, it was a little bit of a few mistakes here and there. And I was like really close to blowing up, but I held in, held it in, held it in. And then I went out there that Friday and it was like, okay, well, I mean, I have missed probably, I didn't do the fucking numbers, but I'd missed probably 14 of 17 cuts leading up to that day. And I start the day on the cut line. And like, I just kind of teed off. I was like, I'm just going to do a really good job today and see what the fuck happens. I don't really care if where it goes. I'll just figure it out. And I went out and shot the the easiest nine under par, which I know I don't want to like slight people, but most people don't understand like that it is possible to shoot nine under very easily. Um, technically not that easy, but I mean it, it was that day. And and I think I made the turn and I hold a wedge and then I made another birdie birdie on a par five, and it was like, huh, I think if I birdie in, I'd break 60. So I might as well just fucking do that. And I I actually had great looks and wound up missing a few putts and then birdied the last for, for 62. And it was like a weight was just just lifted off my shoulders It's like, oh, OK, it, it almost took that I, I had to show it to myself. I had to show that if you can act appropriately and just kind of trust that over time, even like poor a poor shot that you act appropriately to, probably even later on in that day, you're going to hit a good shot. Just because of how you acted, you know, three or four holes before, when a poor one came, would you
1: carry that into your next shot? Though, like that—that's a a Tiger thing—is like you can get as mad as you want after, but the next, by the time you stand over that next shot, it has to be gone. Is that—is it seeping into your next
0: shot? I, I think Tiger was the only one that was ever able to do that. Yeah. Whether and whether he was or not, I mean, something he always says. I just—I don't believe that it's really even that possible, right? I mean, it would get to a point where I would get so angry and frustrated and that i wouldn't get ready and and i would do i would do this all the things that i normally do right like if you saw the routine it would be the same everything but i wasn't like ready to hit the shot where it wasn't i didn't like just take a second maybe take a deep breath and just be like all right this is what i want to have happen here and these are the things that i'm going to do to better my chances of achieving that and that was kind of the difference right it was I'm probably still going to get pissed. I'm probably still going to curse probably too much, but I'm like, when when it comes, the gun's about to go off, I'm going to be ready to go. And I did a great job of that Friday leading into the weekend. I did it. I thought I did it. You know, it gets harder and harder. Now I'm, you know, teeing off Saturday, like I think second to last group, third to last group. I'm in like fifth place, a few shots back. Like, all right, now <laughs> you thought Friday was hard. Like this shit's going to be really hard now because there's a carrot at the end that, if you have a great weekend, you win a golf tournament, things totally change. I played solid Saturday, and I missed a fucking tap in on 16 for bogey, so I made double. And it was one of those ones where you go up and and you're just about to hit it, and I'm off balance. I'm like, oh no, 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 I can't hit it yet. And then I so I stopped and settled, and then I just missed it anyway, right? And this shit just happens. It sucks. It's awful. And then they move the tees up on 17, and I storm up there, and I'm all mad. I grab a water. It's really hot, and I chug it, and I am fuming and al's like basically it's driver or six iron man it's a tough wedge flag to get close to if we can get driver there's water left though we get driver up there it's anywhere on grass it's a pretty easy up and down and i was like all right man i'm hitting my driver and i'm gonna aim over there to the left and i'm gonna trust that basically every tee shot i've hit so far has cut back we're gonna do that so like in that moment where maybe even a couple weeks if not months before that i would have just grab the driver and just kind of like, ah, yeah, you're going to hit it over there and and swamp. And then next thing you know, it could go anywhere. Versus I was still pissed off when I hit it, but I was ready to go. I knew where I was intending to start it. I knew where I was going to curve it. I knew where I wanted to end it and fortunately got it up and down for birdie. And no, I don't think I birdied the last, but, but made a birdie um, on 17 and part of the last. Uh, So it's like, okay, you did it. You did what you were preaching. And I went out Sunday and I hit it in the freaking mangroves too many times. But I shot even par with not my best stuff. And and the way that tournament is, you're going to fall, right? Yeah. You I went from like 11th to 30th because guys are going to get it right. And they're going to play great on Sunday. And unfortunately, that wasn't me. And then Sea Island was just kind of the same thing. I did it again for four days. And I had looking back on it, I was like, man, I really wish I kind of swung it better any of those days, because then I would have ran away with it. But then at the flip side, it's like, oh, well, you didn't act like an asshole and you didn't hit the shots you wanted to, you know, the exact shots you wanted to that often. And you were leading through 36 holes and you were too bad going into Sunday. And again, I was a little sloppy on Sunday, but not not brain-wise, not attitude-wise. I just, you know, hit a few poor shots and then you're battling back and battling back. And I, you know, shot even par again to fall again down, the leaderboard but it wasn't like i imploded and next thing you know i'm in 45th right um so that as the to the beginning of the podcast the first question that's what leads me to you know kind of being in a more optimistic state about my golf game and and the you know the tournaments that are that are upcoming
1: well, and that's where like it's easy to and I'll, we'll finish the story where I was outing you for uh, for being mopey at yeah. Colonial was it, it's like very I, at the same time watching you kind of go through it and I'm like yep I've been there not inside the ropes but yeah. I've been there playing golf where I'm like dude snap out of it man you got a great opportunity here you're blow you're wasting it blah 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 you hit a shot on eleven at Colonial you had a wedge into the wind I think it was Friday at Colonial and it, plug, it went in the bunker. It came up way short, and it plugged in the bunker. And you yelled at Al for it. And I was like, God, I love Harry. But if that was Bubba that had done that, I'd have lit the hell out of <laughs> Bubba on that one. And I was like, that just seemed misplaced. It was just like, I, I don't know if he's like in the, in a great mental place here because if a wedge comes up short, it's like, all right, pro, like, you know, into the wind. That's on you for the trajectory, right? Like, that. there was no bad number in that. I doubt Al was talking you into less club with that. I'm like, why is he just yelling at him in the middle of the fairway right now for everyone to hear. And I know it's, it's gotta be, it's an interesting relationship. I'm sure just having your brother on the bag and like, you know, having a brother that you can probably give a lot of flack to over the course of your entire life. But that was the moment that I was like,
0: Oh, Harry, what are we doing here? It's definitely easier for me than I think most to, to get on their caddy, right. To give him shit. Um, and it's, I, I don't think he's ever given me a bad number. Um, (laughs) I don't think he's really ever tucked me into a poor decision, but I certainly do not uh, necessarily treat him as such. Like, And and he's on my team, right? Like He's the only one I got in there that's really good for me. The other guys don't give a shit if I plugged in the front bunker, right? I mean, I was playing with Joel and Hubbard, I think. I think we were together the first two days. So maybe those guys, like, slightly cared. I mean, they wouldn't have cared that I hit in the bunker, but maybe they were a little bummed it was plugged. But other than that, most people like don't give a shit in the bunker. And yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, there's no excuse for it. And I have owned it and I'm trying to to be better. Um, But, you know, the one slight excuse is like, I mean, it was, I was probably around the cut line and, and, I'd been around the cut line a lot where you don't want to be. And I feel like my skills are better than that. And I shouldn't be, but I, you know, was around the cut line a lot and I acted like that and I wound up, you know, being punished for it in a way by whomever it is, golf gods, whatever it may be by missing a shit ton of cuts during that stress by one or two shots. And you look back on it, it's like, man, come on. And it's less, and I've always said, it's less like the points and money where it, but in that scenario, I mean, I needed some points. Um, it's more like just playing golf for four days, having another two days to get better and maybe being able to snap myself out of the the state that I was in, right. The constant, like failure, right. I mean, just constantly failing, 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 failing. And and that just compounded and made my attitude and my treatment um, of, especially my brother, uh, you know, worse. And it was, you know, next thing you know, I, it it started, it was, I can't remember where, more towards the end of the season Al and Corey were at an event and somebody had come up they had come up to Al and Corey both I think you know maybe just to Al and we had played with him maybe a couple weeks before or whatnot uh it was a caddy I don't know who it was um but just kind of like pulled him aside and was like hey man does he act like that all the time like is he that intense and like brutal and like does he get that kind of upset and angry and frustrated and they were like well no but i mean it's been like that for a while and that was voiced to me and i just kind of shrugged it off which i shouldn't have shrugged it off um, but i shrugged it off but it is stuck in the back of my mind um because i mean i i don't it does it does go away i finish my round and i maybe i go practice and get better and have lunch and then it, it's it's away like i'm not i don't think at least and maybe somebody would tell me otherwise i I don't think I'm treating people poorly, basically an hour after my round. Right. Um, but like for a while there, I was hard as shit to talk to. No, people were, I mean, I was radioactive. People were no like, I don't want to go near that guy. I mean, so that stuck with me because that's, that's something that I do not want, you know, my peers, players and caddies to, to think of me. Um, it didn't stick with me enough at the time. I wish it had, but it has um, now. And even we played with Kyle Westmoreland, Uh, who's really impressive uh in Bermuda and uh, I hit a really nice shot into the first hole on Friday after shooting seven under and it spun off the green and then I had a kind of gnarly little Bermuda lie and and it came out soft and next thing you know I've got 12 feet and I'm kind of uh, getting all angry trying to find my ball marker in my pocket like and Al didn't say anything during the round uh, but he brought it up the next week in Mexico he's like yeah man even Kyle we're walking over there to the first tee after he made bogey and he comes over to Al or walks by Al's like, Oh my, I think he, Al said may, I, I may get the quote, not exactly correct, but like he's out for blood today. Like he's out, this is going to be a war, which I mean, Kyle would know more than any of us about that. Um, and it's just like, no, man, that shouldn't be me. That's not, I know that's not my, Corey always likes to say my best performing self. Like I, I can't do that and play good golf. I can get angry and frustrated. Um, but not, not to a certain point because I have in my career for a long time used kind of frustration, anger, and even failure as, as kind of a driver to, and I would snap out of it quick. It would turn into kind of like refusal. It's like, all right, I'm done with this shit. I'm going to start whether I hit it, it, you know, hit great golf shots or what, but I'm just going to find a way to shoot good scores. That's really that all, all that matters. So for a while there, they kind of gave me free reign to keep working my way through this. And, but it turns out maybe, I don't know why, or how or why, but maybe I'm not able to use anger and frustration as well as I I have been in the past.
1: A quick break to check in here with our friends at Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach and official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. If you've listened to the show over the years, I, I'm going to give you the same spiel I've been given for a long time, which is Whoop helps me make better decisions about my diet, about my alcohol intake, about when I go to bed, about when I wake up. You know, I do it it sucks to wake up and get the feedback that you are in the red. You did not your body did not recover enough. For a long time in my life, I could fake it. I could kind of say, you know, I can get by on 6 hours of sleep and then if I got cranky that afternoon, I would have, you know, maybe not remembered why that was. Now we know. Now we have the data to show that you know, your body needs rest. You cannot go consecutive days. If you go out every single night and are not getting enough sleep, you're you're going to pay for it in some way. So the all-new waterproof device from Whoop is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. Any new members, if you have six months of membership left on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. Right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use code NLU15 at checkout. So go to Whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. It's the easiest fitness wearable you could ever imagine. And it has added a lot of value to my life. Let's get back to Harry Higgs. How much of this has been, you know, you, you are signed up for the Netflix series, right. To be profiled in in some way, how much of that is like, you know, it has, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier of kind of adjusting to being more recognized, being a bigger personality. You, uh, you're an entertainer. First of all, like that, that's, you understand this part of pro golf a lot and it's an important part of pro golf, I think. What has that kind of been like? Is, is that going to be documented in there? Or do you know what rounds they're following you? And have you, you know,
0: <laughs> all that stuff? So, no. Because, again, like I said, I was pretty radioactive. Um, I did a, what we we'll call it pre-production, maybe, interview. No cameras, no nothing. Just the guys getting to know me. They followed around and interviewed Al a bit at Tory, And then, obviously, they got Joel and I's shenanigans in in phoenix and that was it i you know it was i think they were around a little bit at augusta but they're around more for maybe brooks i want to say and i've heard that everybody you know that signed up that you know got it mean, basically had enough content they're going to get their own episode there's no fucking way they have enough content to like i think the only time you're going to see me in that <laughs> is when joel and i do our you know hooligans and maybe just a quick Brief passing word or whatever it may be, just as like the silly funny shit I might say as I walk by a camera, um and it was it was hard to do that. I I signed up and I and again it was in the back of my mind. It's like I don't really know if, if I can handle all this, right? Like uh, you know, kind of third year on tour, we've kind of elevated to a little smaller like higher stature and man, I kind of want it just to be quiet. I like it when it's quiet and I can just work and, and have, you know, my life here at home and have Al and Corey help me on the road and, and my you know, girlfriend as well, mom, dad, you know, every kind of the team, just like, we just all hang out and do our own thing. So I didn't really have them come to rental houses or whatever on the road. And then it, you know, come mid summer, they, just a couple of times they reach out and it's, Hey, we would love to come, you know, visit you in Dallas show, you know, come visit your home. Come visit, you know, Trinity Forest, and and see all the knuckleheads out there. And I'm at that time, it's like I'm in a fight for my job, and I'm acting like an asshole, and like I don't have any time. Like I'm never going to be home because I have to play every week from here on out to try to secure my you know playing privileges for the next year. And so it wound up being I wouldn't imagine I'm in it other than Joel and I on sixteen. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, in a way that that was kind of this maybe the start of like oh shit people are like paying attention to me which I don't mind I really don't but it's like man I really I've done a lot of really good things in this game I haven't won one of these things yet and all this like I've played some really good golf and some really big tournaments and you know also done some of the silly funny off the course or even on the course stuff so that's but that's what people for you know have latched onto. And then, you know, they took a liking to my personality and it is not an act. So that's not a bad thing. I get to be myself and people take a liking to it. That is awesome. Cause not a lot of, maybe not a lot of people in this world can say that, right. If you, if you're in front of a camera, obviously actors, they have to, they have to be somebody else um, to, to be liked, accepted, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a hard time dealing with that. So Netflix was kind of a, yeah, kind of something that, I guess it really didn't work out. And, and if they continue to do it, I think I may take another couple years off to try to better deal with like, I guess in a way being me and, and hopefully I have the success I'm planning. And, and then I get to, you know, I hope to have the success. And then I also hope that my, my current state of mind, my current state of being continues to progress and get better so that I can deal with what would come with, you know, me having success in winning tournaments. Um, and then at that point, maybe we, have, we invite them to our house. For the
1: listener's sake, you finished outside the top 125. You're in the 126 to 150 category. You got, correct me if I'm wrong, you got all the starts you wanted in the fall. What will you get as a part of this status? What, you know, are you going to be hoping for some sponsor exemptions into what events? What events, you know, are you looking to get in the most? Are you going to get enough starts? Is there any corn ferry? What's your schedule for, you know, for the next year?
0: I was, I was, of the 126 to 150 so you know everybody goes to corn ferry finals basically um and then i was not successful there so the guy all the guys in front of me all got their cards back so i wound up being technically the 126 guy first guy out of um fully exempt status and i was able through the last two weeks to to earn enough points to stay at number one so until the next reshuffle which is sometime around the west coast maybe after Phoenix or after Riv, I, I'm the first guy up that's not fully exempt, right? So if the field, you know, if it goes deeper and deeper, deeper, I'm the first guy in my category would come to me first, just offhand. And the only thing that, that we have to go with is I think the tour, if you go onto their website that, you know, the, the players and everybody uses shows you basically like the access summary for the last five years, maybe roughly, maybe four or five years, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, and if you look at that and you just go off what what the previous five years were, now knowing that this year is going to be vastly different with how kind of the structure and and what, what some events being elevated and kind of where they fall on the schedule, I should be able to play at least another 12 to 15 times pretty easily. Um And then also, you know, I would get another crack in the fall, right? So this was <laughs> the best year to be playing out of my category, whereas I just played the fall schedule and then, I also have the fall schedule next year, if not all of the events, most of the events to to continue to better my status and hopefully become, you know, fully exempt again. So in that like 15 events until probably the playoffs and another four or five or six, right? I mean, I will have had plenty of opportunity, 20, I would say close to 25 playing opportunities without sponsor exemptions. And then that's kind of the fun part. The I joke the kind of the the social experiment, right? Did I did I one play enough good golf? Did I two, you know, do a good enough job of cultivating uh, relationships with some tournament directors and then, you know, giving back to those tournaments while I played them the last three years? Uh and then three, am I enough of a personality in a way and a draw to to warrant exemptions? There is no tournament that is more of the wide-eyed social experiment than than phoenix <laughs> obviously as you could imagine so you know and if if i were to get an exemption there one that's huge with it being an elevated event now and two that's you know a comment on kind of what joel and i did last year but i also have gotten to know quite a few of the thunderbirds that they're, they're yeah. the organization that runs it and you know i fortunately for me, for some way or some rhyme or reason, I'm, I'm able to speak with people and, and converse and, you know, which is a lot of tour players are able to do that. Just most, most, if not almost all don't really care to kind of do that during a tournament week. And I don't really care to do it that much either, but I just wind up talking to so many freaking people that, you know, I think, I, I think I'll also have a great chance outside the, let's call it around roughly around 20 events that I'll play on my number that I'll have a, a good chance at getting quite a few sponsor exemptions as well.
1: Will strip for sponsor exemptions. I think that should be your, uh, yeah, that I should, mean, that's, that's been, well, I was your, with, email. I was with
0: Joel earlier. Uh, we did a, we did a golf day deal out in Vegas and it was like, well, yeah, no shit. They should pair, they should, <laughs> they should put you in the event and they should pair us together. Um, I, we will, I can guarantee you we will not do what we did. <laughs> this last year but we will come up with something that is maybe equally entertaining
1: uh your are of that story the, the part that makes me laugh the most is you just including joel being a good friend because you turn around and he's got to turn off
0: helicopter he was a shit friend for setting everything up as to where like i felt enough peer pressure to do it he was also a shit friend for hitting it to 12 feet and then giving me a perfect line and leaving it just short because then I knew I was going to make the putt. Um, Uh. yeah, but yeah, good man. He is. I turned around and his was off in the full (laughs) helicopter. And that was, it's like, okay, I can breathe now. And then beer can started flying. And that's like, Oh shit, we got to get out of here.
1: What is uh, so? Last time you were on was February, right before Players, right? As things were kind of popping off and changing in the golf world, but it was it was shortly after you know Phil was really blowing up at that time, and we didn't really we still didn't know what was about to happen and unfold. But uh, I don't really know where to start with this. I guess just going from your perspective, you've been you're on the Player Advisory Council on the PGA Tour. We talked a lot about uh, how that works, you know, back in that episode. I think it was the Bay Hill recap. Um, what, what are, from where you're sitting, a, where, what are the changes that are, that had the changes that are happening to the PGA tour? What are your thoughts on them? How do you think it benefits a player like you? How does it hurt a player like you? And just, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on, uh, you know, I I've heard some blowback of some, some of the middle tier guys saying, you know, this is only for the top guys. I just, I'm curious to your perspective on it. <sighs> I mean, we, uh, we'll, we we can go into it. I mean, obviously, sure. this is
0: something that we could talk about for multiple hours. Uh, first thing, as it benefits someone like me, or not someone like me, me personally, elevated events throughout the year, I'm going to wind up playing in probably a couple more that maybe I wouldn't have gotten into as I just described in previous years because of what events are elevated and when. So guys are only – there's a certain – however many guys that, are, you know, have to be in it, there's 20 and there's going to be even maybe a few more, they're going to play those – I think it roughly winds up, winds up with majors, they're going to play those 20 events and then they're going to be done. So all those other ones are circled for me, like either definites or I'm going to have a great chance to be in those events. Again, changes being made when they were made and the year that I had last year and now the status that I have this year, that is going to benefit me a lot more than it's going to hurt me. Someone like me who's, you know, um, my first couple of years, I was, I think I finished like 55th and 65th, somewhere in there, right? And then this last year, not so good. So I'm kind of right in the middle, middle tier PGA Tour player. It's going to be great for for seven years with this TV deal or every event other than the elevated events is either going to stick where, you know, purse wise stick where it is, or, you know, slightly over the course of seven years grow. And that happens. um, And it, and the the growth of the other events will be aided by the revenue generated from the, what I think it's 13. Am I right in saying that whatever the average 13 events being elevated and the product is good enough and people watch enough and people invest enough. If we hit on those events, that helps every single one of us. If we do not hit on those events, which I don't really see. And I'm, this is now it's just, now we're getting to my opinion. I don't really see a way in which we don't hit at least hit enough. What's hit? what's that mean? What do you mean by
1: when you say, if we hit just as
0: basically those events need to generate a shit ton of revenue to to offset the cost of pumping money into purses, uh, pumping money into bonuses. If those events, you know, generate a a ton of revenue more than what we are putting into every pool with, you know, purses, bonuses, all this stuff, all the money that is being shelled out, then we're cool. We're fine. We're going to be just great. Every event is going to continue to run. We need to be obviously very careful with those that are not elevated this year, may not be elevated. There's still we're still unknown whether they rotate like. And then the fall events we gotta we gotta do a really good job of kind of keeping those tournaments and tournament directors and organizations and sponsors happy so that they keep wanting to, you know, basically pump money into the PGA tour. If those do not generate the revenue that they are expecting, I do not see a way in which after this TV deal runs out, or I think I don't know the particulars, but I know there's a stop point and we can kind of whether it be 20 25 26 if they're not generating the revenue and not you know the the eyeballs on on screens and the ad revenue and the like what all that goes into that i do not know if they don't generate the revenue we think or we're hoping then there is no way that there is anything other than a 20 event pga tour schedule you know starting probably the year 2031 and then the rest of the events kind of i would imagine mix in with European tour and corn ferry tour. And then there's just kind of some hybrid, you know, tour that's just underneath that, that feeds X amount of players into the big tour, you know, every year and whatever that number may be, who knows. And there's no way to know right now, or really probably even about the time when it maybe comes to making the decision, do we just go with one big, big tour, maybe, you know, big tour that has a few more worldly stops, and then the the lesser tour that maybe combines and we funnel guys in there's no way to know if that's the best thing for us in the 5 10 15 20 50 year you know long run or if oh shit this was a mistake we we bet our we bet all of our money all of our we put all of our eggs into the big guys and they were not able to generate what they thought we could. So now everybody within the professional golf landscape is going to suffer. We are going to continue to pay them what they feel is appropriate. And I would agree that they are getting paid what is appropriate and are going to continue to get paid what is appropriate. I'm not saying that they're taking too much, but if these things don't generate the buzz, the everything, then someone like me in the position that I'm in is going to suffer. And people that work their way onto the European tour, the, the corn ferry tour, and maybe the, you know, the PGA tour that don't have the immediate or sustained sustained success. They're all going to suffer. And that is scary. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, but Phil, I understand why they ha- why they have to happen, why the changes have to happen. But Phil said but the tour is sitting
1: on $800 dollars, though. That's where the money's coming yeah, from, right? He just yeah. tweeted that again today,
0: right? Yeah, and Tiger this morning said something about a loan. They, I don't. It's, it's not funny that they would have had to disclose that to me, but, but I did not remember hearing anything about that. Um, Both of the their last quotes thing were I wrong. Heard, Both of them were wrong yeah. about this. <laughs> what are you yeah. guys doing? I mean, I in a way, I'm also. I, yeah, I cannot. But Tiger may not be wrong, and maybe they there was some wrong phrasing, a, whatever wrong. that is. It, it, yeah, it, it, wrong. dipping into
1: the reserves is what they um, did. Yeah.
0: Phil was dead ass wrong. Um, we're not sitting, you know, in an organization that is set up as we are. It makes sense to have cash on hand for hey a pandemic or for whatever it may be. It was huge during the pandemic. Obviously, it makes sense there. And but now we we're dipping into those reserves right? I mean, we dipped in this year to get some more bonus pool, more money. Um, The TV contract that comes in Jan one and the money, you know, yearly is going to help, but we are dipping into all of that.
1: A real quick break here to do a house ad NBC style. We are running a post cyber Monday sale Through this Friday, December 2nd at midnight, it's a site-wide 15% off sale. We are extending the 20% off Nest discount through Friday as well. Nest members, you usually get your 15% off, but it's now 20% off through the end of this week. If you've never tried our apparel, our merchandise, it's a great opportunity to snag. You know, we got best-selling t-shirts, golf towels. We have hundreds of different styles of hats, all at 15% off. A wide selection of hoodies quarter zips, textured crew necks that are perfect for winter weekends around the house. We also ship worldwide, and though we're a small shop, orders usually go out in one to two business days. We've also extended our free return and exchange limit to 45 days, so if it's a gift and it doesn't fit, you can return it or exchange it. No questions asked. It's store.nolayingup.com. Use code GIVE15 for 15% off any purchase in the pro shop this week. store.nolangup.com code give Give 15 for 15% off any purchase in the pro shop this week. The TV deal, and I know podcast listeners can't see my hands, but it goes up. It's an upward shaping graph, right? It's not yeah. It's not spread out evenly over each of the years of the TV deal. So yeah. and I've not heard anybody say this out loud, but it seems to me like they are in a way borrowing from the future years. To, I, I would expect yeah. the growth of purses – year over year to slow a little bit and in, in terms yeah. of or smooth be smoothed out a little bit more than maybe they were planning. They were planning for money to go up up and up as it came in through the TV deals increasing.
0: Yes. And yes. If, okay. And then they just put it all up front, yep. right? I mean it okay. was they showed us and that was my first year on tour, my first player meeting. They showed us, you know, that was 19, they showed us kind of 20 growth, 2025 growth, 2030 growth and it was much more incremental yeah and obviously live and the like phil's dumb comments just throw it all into you know starting next year 2023 right and so that puts us in i'm not a businessman i do not know how these things really work i know you know kind of what tour players think and when they get pissed off and when they don't um i think that puts us in a in an interesting and scary spot because if again we don't hit we don't generate a shit ton of money then it's just going to be the top guys playing the pga tour that's my opinion of yep. where things could could end up being um which is and it might not be the worst thing in the world who knows <laughs> but right now that sounds pretty shitty that that's going to piss off i mean a hundred plus other pga tour members a hundred plus corner tour members 100 you know we're now the strategic alliance with the european tour probably roughly a hundred it's closer to 200 plus european tour members right and that doesn't even count the kids on developmental tours the kids in college the junior golfers now that are going to be playing with us so, you know that's that's a big big change and i agree that something had to happen and we took a, a pretty big swing But boy, man, if we miss, things are going to be drastically, drastically different, probably by 2030 and beyond.
1: It seems from the little bit of research I've done on this, the few people I've talked to, um, that a worry about this change was support from the sponsors of the smaller events. But from what I've gathered, they seem to be on relatively strong footing. And it's not always driven by the media value or the fields of the events in some way sure. it's they're there to provide hospitality for clients. They're there to entertain people. They're there to do blah, blah, blah. Everyone
0: sponsors a tournament yes. for different reasons and, if- and make, make impacts on their community. And yes. a lot of those events are in a smaller market, a smaller community right there. That's probably focus number one. And then it comes to obviously entertaining clients and, and putting on a show. And But I think a lot of them, you know, bullet point one would be to kind of impact the community and, and obviously sponsoring a PGA tour event with the track record that we have on impacting communities, which I put a, up against any other organization and all of them fail compared to us. Um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. That's, you sponsor a tour event that, you know, we can really help and impact your, your local community.
1: And so that's, that, I guess a, a, a critique of the new structure has been, well, what are these guys? They're all going to leave. They're not going to want to sponsor these events anymore. And I, I would say like you don't really get a strong field already if you're a lower tier event. And I yeah. just don't, it's not,
0: it's not as cut and dry as that really. And it, I don't
1: think there's going to be a it's run not. on and,
0: yeah. and I don't, I, I, I've i spoken to a few tournament directors or tournament host organizations that I've gotten to know over the course of the last couple of years. And I wouldn't say that they're thrilled. Um, they're obviously not thrilled. And I would say that they're, they're being promised from the suits at the tour that things are going to basically be okay. We, we may rotate these events and every, you know, some odd years you'll have the big, the big bang and it'll be great. But other than that, we're just going to kind of like help you along to survive. And that obviously help you along to survive really, really, you know, hangs on whether these big events really matter, whether people really care about them. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, kind of people on the edge of their seat waiting to see what happens. And it's going, it's not going to be an immediate thing that you can then assess. And, and, you know, right. That's the tough part about our business that it's going to take a few years to see if this shit works and to see if these people are happy. And I, uh, I would imagine again, just strictly opinion, just based on what I've heard. like, I would imagine in two to three years, pending what decisions are made about where these elevated events go, that some sponsors will drop and they will not sponsor a PGA tour event. And then it goes to the suits at the tour. You got to turn around and sell that immediately because if those events, the sponsors drop and the event goes away and we have a dry week. Now you've pissed off 150 plus people that you are employed to look. I mean, they're employed to funnel money to us. That's it. That's, that's all they're there to do. And now with Tiger not being able to play hardly at all and, and a threat from another organization, they have to work overtime to make sure that all of those things go smoothly. And if somebody drops, somebody steps right in. I mean, it's there's gonna be a lot of things, there could be a lot of events that maybe not a lot, but a few events that that may be sacrificed. And if they aren't able to fill those spots, then we've got big issues. I, Whereas, you know, a year later, I've been like, yeah, man, it would be nice to not have 47 events on the schedule, right? So you play way too much golf and all this. But actually, after sitting in these rooms, like, now, we need every bit of 47 events on the schedule to give people opportunity to play professional golf.
1: And it makes more sense under the newer model to, like, have it tiered in some way than, have, than trying to pretend like these 47 are, like, equal. That, that, that's where it makes sense to me. I'm following, I mean, I agree, uh, you know, in terms of this is not a done deal that's going
0: to work. It's not. And then the tough part about that is where somebody that won, I don't know, I'll use Tampa as an example. Tampa usually gets a very, very strong field. Maybe not a lot of big names, but it's a very, very strong field versus somebody that wins. Unfortunately, John Deere is always the crux of every joke. Versus somebody that wins John Deere, that's you get the same amount of points, right. right? I mean, you get the maybe not the same amount of dollars, but then if it's not the same amount of dollar for it's a rounding error in terms of the difference. I'm I'm totally cool if Tampa, let's say, is is a great event. It's going to be elevated in X amount of years, whatever. It's probably not, but if those elevated, they want you know 550, 600 points versus five hundred for the win. That's fine. But if it bears out over the course of two to three years of seeing that. And one of the things that is happening is that because elevated events are elevated endpoints and the others are not, that it is keeping, it's not going to keep many, but it is keeping three, four, five, ten 10 guys that are just crushing it in the not so elevated events. If it's keeping them from getting into that, the, the big circle, the big tour or the elevated events all that stuff, that is a huge problem, yeah. a huge, huge problem because there are people, I mean, it could be me. Uh, Again, I I just said how much I struggle with this. Could you imagine if I was like the fifth ranked player in the world and I'm winning a shit ton of events every year and I'm mixing it up with the big boys and I, you know, you get me looking the way I do versus Rory walking down 18. And like, there's going to be, I mean, that's going to be must-see TV. That's going to be Like I don't, I'm not trying to sound like an arrogant asshole in saying this, but like that's people are going to watch and people are going to be polarized to pull for the everyday looking guy versus you know Rory and no disrespect to Rory and I'm not not at a current state where I'm going to really be you know hunting him down a ton. I would love to, but we're probably not going to be playing the same events, so you miss out on other stories and we have. Done in the past, you know, put all of our eggs into the stories of the top guys, WGCs and the like, and it didn't really take. So if we can't do a good job in in highlighting the elevated events and highlighting the best players in our game and telling their story, and if people don't want to hear their fucking story, they just they get tuned off by watching Rory make another you know four million dollars. We are in trouble. We are in big big trouble. Um, i again it's my opinion is i think this is the right way to go and i think it is going to work but if it doesn't we are in a huge 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 problem area and that's where i i personally
1: struggle to uh even explain out loud why i didn't like wGcs and why i do like the new format yeah. i don't know if I have the answer to it, it just it yeah, just feels like it's going mean, to work. I I don't know if it is, but it feels better and I, I always come back to this and you've probably heard me say this if you listen to the show like the status quo is uh, is not the next yeah. option. It's out the window. Yeah. Like it's gone. There was something had to change and I don't It's um, way, gone. way I, gone. I I don't have like a better alternative than what has been currently proposed and and from what yeah. I gathered at least freshly after the meeting in August was that in the lower tier events, whatever you want to call them, I'm guessing they're going to come up with something better than that. Uh, You have a way of almost like um, qualifying your way into the elevated events. Like every single week there's opportunities of – five, six, eight, ten spots. I don't know how many, but that is a... That's there a fucking key, better be. That's a key better element. Be. That's a key, key element of this is that yeah. it's not a closed-off system and you can play your way into it. And that is like, yeah. well, shit, that's like a, a whole different reason to watch the lower tier is instead of just who wins it, like a top ten change, uh, gets you yeah. to the next event. That well, is interesting. Look,
0: Harry, Harry can go play for $20 million the next week, exactly. right? Exactly, and, um, and that's sure. where... We we didn't, you know, our last PAC meeting and it's it's a yearly thing, right? So Jan one and I don't I'm not even sure that I can be voted on as a non not fully exempt member. I could be wrong, but you know, the next pack, it's probably gonna be floated to them, right? And the way the pack, you know, they float the idea, we discuss and discuss and discuss, and then it goes to the board with our representatives and then the tour's representatives, and they you know, the the board kind of speaks on the pack behalf as the pack speaks on the entire membership's behalf. That is why it is so, so important to get these field sizes right. I will worry a lot more that we will have a 20 event PGA tour, big tour, you know, schedule in five to seven years if they limit these field sizes. It has it has to be close to 100. It just has to be, at least in my mind. Uh, and I, if it's somewhere around 60, 70, 78, I really worry because... There's just not enough stories, right? I mean, it's like, all right, I, and there's a lot of people in this world that want to turn their television on and watch Rory McIlroy win a golf tournament. I get that. And that's he is being compensated lavishly because of that. And he has worked his ass off to be in that position in, in a lot of different respects, both on and off the golf course. And I revere him for that. But that shit's going to get really old watching that Five, six, seven years in a row. Like, if you can't integrate the story where it might be somebody that's, you know, ranked 90th going toe to toe with him, that is going to be a little bit more polarizing, at least in my opinion, than it is the constant Rory versus Justin Thomas. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see who wins. Let's see. Let's see who can drive it in the fairway one more time and hold one more 15 footer, right? Okay. All right. It was Rory that week. Okay. It was Jordan that week. All right. It was John Ron this week. All right. Oh, oh, oh look, it was Shane Lowry. Okay. That's, that's kind of cool. He's, he's okay. He's got a little bit of personality, but then Shane goes and finishes fourth the next three weeks and no one hears from him, but like, it should be highlighted how great his, you know, five week stretch was. And it it falls on again, another the the suits have got to work both, <laughs> both our broadcast partners and the PGA tour suits. They don't do a good, neither one of them does anywhere near a good enough job to put confidence in my mind about telling these stories often enough, the right stories often enough, and in a way in which we'll continue to generate revenue. I I, I think the tour is doing a better job. I think our broadcast partners do an absolute shit job of doing it. I know that you guys go on and talk about commercials and all this stuff, and sure, commercials are necessary, but I, I, I... and I want to I want to be kind in the way that I say this, because I have played on tour for now. This is my fourth year. I see the amount of work that goes into showing us play golf, and it is ridiculous. And I really, really appreciate all the work that they all go through to do that. But at the end of the day, they do a shit, shit job of telling the story of what's going on. So if we've got a, you know, 15 event elevated schedule, and then the other ones are the lesser ones lesser are not elevated but if you play good golf in those you can get into the elevated ones that's awesome right that's something that i'm sure you would watch i'm sure almost every listener would love to watch and follow along but they make it too fucking hard to follow along i don't trust them to tell the story the way that it should be i cannot wait to watch i hope i'm not playing in it i cannot wait to watch q school next year to just see the difference in like the top five guys, the top five finishers get to the PGA tour that adds a zero to every check that they make for the, for the next year. It's a fucking zero. It adds a zero. And I don't trust any of them to portray to me in the appropriate way to captivate me to stay and watch for four days. I just don't trust them to tell the story the way that it should be. And I think they have a lot of great people that can, they just don't do it or maybe they don't have enough time. I don't, the structure. It's all. Structure. I don't. Yeah. It, I it, don't know how, I don't know how these, I don't know how this shit works. You don't know how contracts do, work, a <laughs> do a better job. The contracts don't say in there, do shitty job telling stories, do a
1: better job. But that's where, you know, when you have 18 minutes of commercial and then you just get squeezed and every minute you don't spend covering live golf at that point just becomes, you know, I think they're getting better at, at cutting out a lot of fluff, but it's still, it's structurally a problem. And I, I don't know why there's two sports. I watched a, a whole soccer game today that didn't have any commercial interruptions, and I watched uh, Formula One races that don't have them. I don't know how they make it work, and golf just throws their hands up and say we can't possibly, can't possibly even consider not making it work. But
0: and here we go. We're on you know a seven year new TV deal, so yeah. I'm not going to read the contract, and I don't know how to read it anyway. <laughs> but I just challenge them all to do a better job telling. The main stories that are easy but also the ones that aren't yeah. tell the stories that are not easy to tell tell i've just given you if i win sony i have just given whomever it is every bit of what the story that you should start that you should tell in the first 20 minutes of this podcast if i win sony yeah the first 20 minutes you listen you take some notes you tell this story and you tell it over and over and over and over and over i i I hate to harp on them because I know how hard those people work. They have a lot of really, really great, talented people. They have storytellers. I do believe that they do have them. They they employ them. Um, but whether or not they hold them back, I don't know. That's
1: that's one thing. I'll it's say a lot. It's, it's it's hard a lot. sometimes when some guys win on the tour. We're kind of like at a lot. Like, yeah, he seems like a great dude. Don't know anything about him. Like I'm yeah. kind of invested in like these 150 guys. What it's it's just it's a challenge yeah. of the structure. It is. It's a, it is.
0: It's hard. It's it's harder than any other sport, but. Just because it's hard doesn't mean we can't be good at it.
1: I think some of these networks getting just a little bit younger with some of the talent they're bringing in. Not Again, not to say that the older guys need to be run out in any way. It's just the, the connection with the players. It, it wanes over the years, right? Yeah. And they
0: Well, and it's like, I mean, I didn't particularly care to turn my TV on and listen to Nick Faldo. Uh, I don't really know him that well. I'm sure he's a decent guy. I didn't particularly care. The reason why I didn't particularly care is I never saw the man. Yeah. Like he's there Wednesday to Sunday. Just come out on the driving range. Now, whether people talk to you or not, who knows? But just ear to the ground. Listen to what's going on, right? Trevor Immelman is taking his place. I see the man everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. I think he's going to do a great job. Colt, obviously, he's easy. Colt is everywhere. And Colt has the relationship with a lot of the current top level guys and even some of the not so top level guys. He has a relationship with them. It's it's gonna be easier for him to tell a story. Now, when it comes to you know nut cutting time and the story needs to be told, everybody needs to stop talking and let Colt talk because he's the one that has the story. Just just stop. <laughs> just stop talking. We're gonna to listen to Colt for an hour for the end because Harry is about to win and Colt knows him really well, right? Or whomever it may be. Yeah. Uh, or or you know Immelman just any any time one of those President's Cup guys from the international team is about to win this next year. Immelman should be the only one talking for an hour because yep. he has all the details. He spent a week with those guys. Well, a week is he spent two years, you know, cultivating relationships with those guys yep. and then a, a very, very spirited week with them. He knows those guys. Everybody stop talking. Let's listen to Trevor.
1: Uh, we're taking up quite a bit of your time, and I I don't know if if you've thought about this or if this is a good question to direct at you, but I'll, I'll I would rather ask you know you than any of the okay. idiots I have to talk to on a week to week basis or hear myself explain what I think as well. But what does reconciliation with Live look like for the PGA Tour? I've I feel like I've heard Rory refer to it before. That, you know, before it can start, Norman's got to go. Tiger said Norman's got to go. I I keep hearing this. You know, Rory said people should come to a table and and. I struggle to picture what this looks like. I don't know
0: if it means isolating a part of the schedule. What What do you think? Joel and I, we were in Vegas. We sat and had dinner after a pairings party for the golf day we did, and we sat with – I won't name him, although I'm sure he won't really mind being named, but he's a the representative of a top-level player. So we sat and we had two cocktails and talked about this for 90 minutes. And the top-level player representative – had a fucking great idea that I wish we would have done before. We can't do it now unless the lawsuits are dropped. Uh, And it seems like a lot of people do not like Greg Norman. So it seems like a lot of people will sit down once he leaves. I think it's pretty simple. We let them play, but we create, and this was not my idea. This was the top level representatives. We let them play, but you left, took a shit ton of money. So we're going to change your membership requirements, i.e., We will make you play. We'll make everybody else maybe play. Maybe we stick with 15. Maybe it's a little less. We'll use everybody that didn't leave for live. You get 15. You guys that left, you got to do 18. If you want to come back and play the PGA Tour, you got to do 18. And we will let you pick 12 of them. We're going to tell you where you have to play the other six times. And we may be able to apparently if norman's not there we'll work around your live schedule and maybe your live contract whatever it may be but you got to give us three more than everybody else and we get to tell you where the other six are i think that's a home run and i think that also pokes a hole in all these guys saying well we would love you know well saying we want to play less and then suing us and bitching and moaning that they want to come back that That's like, all right, man, cool. And the only one that would sign up for that probably is Patrick Reed because the man <laughs> plays so much golf. Like none of those guys, they're going to be like, all right, cool. I'm out. I'm done. I'll just stay with Liv over here. And the, the problem with that idea with the current crop of guys that have left, other than maybe Patrick Reed, uh, Cameron Smith, maybe some of those guys would be willing to do it. Cameron probably wouldn't. That's obviously 30-plus times, however many Live events there are. That's 30-plus times of playing. And they're just not going to do that. But I think that's a great way once the lawsuits hopefully are dropped or you know, hopefully awarded in our favor. That's a great way to tackle this if Live is going to exist in the future. Mm -hmm. All right. If a young kid, if you want to go and play Live and they're going to give you 20 million to be there, that's fine, man. More power to you. We're not going to give you 20 million. If you've earned the PGA tour status, your requirement has now changed and that's, this might be an extreme example but you know the the requirement is that you have to play three more times than everybody else and we are going to direct six of your starts to somewhere else and maybe it's not that maybe it's you know hey you can go and then we'll let you play five events maybe it's 10 or maybe the number's less you know for living, picking the other five so we're directing everybody to probably the not so elevated events and then you got to give us 10 corporate days or whatever it is right make it difficult on those guys leaving. If they want to come back, you just, you make it difficult. You can't do that right now because I think that would probably prove the collusion or the antitrust for their side. Um, But if those lawsuits go away and we sit down and we're cordial, I think that's the way you, I think that's the route you go. Mm. You make it really, really difficult on them to want to leave and then, play both tours, right? If you're gonna play both, you have gotta go 30 plus times and we are gonna tell you where to go. I think that makes the most sense. I kind of wish that we had had the kind of dinner and the chat at the bar that, that I kind of wish we had that about two years previous, or maybe somebody listened to, to what this gentleman had to say because I thought that was a great idea. I understand that that probably may not have been possible um, but that would have been the kind of proactive thing to do. And it might not have been possible because it might have alerted the antitrust bell or whatever. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. It might've you know, made our case harder to win who knows, but not my original idea, but shit, I thought it was a great one. I think that's where you start. Uh, and if it's not make them play more tournaments and make them not be able to pick what tournaments they are, they have to be, punished in a way right they have to be if we want to sit down and we want to have include these guys back into into pga tour golf you have to find a way to punish them but punish them in a way that it benefits the pga tour membership which you know would be uh, one of those ways would be to to force them into certain events force them and force them all to go play the john deere whatever it may be right i some, something like that. I'm
1: wondering out loud if that's a if that's a win for the PGA Tour, though. Even like it still seems to me, Liv needs the PGA Tour way more than the PGA Tour needs a Liv. Sure, guys. they've lost a couple guys that I'm sure they'd love to have back, but I just don't. I don't. I wonder, you know, what what adding DJ and Cam Smith back to your fields really does. Is it? Yeah, you I mean, know, that's. I, I, and, no. and does that also encourage what you just uh, was what was proposed there? Does that encourage? can't lay and Xander to want to do, but like, maybe they, does that encourage more people to leave, leave for live?
0: I, I don't know. You know, that's, I guess, yeah, that's a, I guess it could, you know, and like my, my example is extreme. And my example, what I just kind of went makes through you think was, was probably, it it, makes well, you think. But it, it it was not something that you could probably do now. It was something that you could have done before. Right. Yeah. That like, Hey, if you leave for a different league, this is what we're going to let you go. We'll let you come back. This is what we require you to do. And I understand why they didn't do it, right? Because you can't just let your talent leave, and you got to protect you got to protect your house. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I no disrespect to any of the live guys that left, but like, who gives a shit? I mean, DJ and Cam Smith would be nice to have. i had Bryson and Brooks and and Patrick Reed, right? Like, I know, but like, they took kind of the villains from us, and they, those those are those are beneficial to, to every field. Um, obviously not just because they're in theory villains. Um, they're also really, really good golfers, but I, I still, I totally agree. I don't think that we need them as much as they need us. And like, okay. All right, cool. Those are the names we lost. I, I don't really think, I think the armor is, is not, is not broken, not dented. I think they just took like a sleeve of the armor off by the guys that left. Like, all right, now you can shoot a bone arrow through my arm, but I'll live, right? Like it's not that big a deal. Uh, and you can regrow it, but
1: you can, the arm can grow back. It we, we can, yeah, was, somehow
0: we can regrow the arm. You know, uh, flip side, we've we've talked some, and even at that, you know, at the at the dinner we had where we were talking, it was like, man, okay, well, you know, if I was in charge of live, what I would do, and I know it's probably not what they're going to do because they're very, you know, forty-eight guys, fifty-four holes. I'd just double the field size, and I'd let all these other guys that aren't going to be included in the elevated events. I'll give each of you a million bucks. You go play, and then (laughs) bye bye PGA Tour. I mean, it's where you know we we put ourselves in a in a vulnerable position that I think we were going to prevail from, but there's a way in which we don't too, and that's both. Scary and also like exhilarating. You have to play by real rules. You have to play by
1: real business models. Like, you don't have. Yes, yes. A sugar daddy. obviously just don't. Yeah. That's <laughs> no. where it's like, that's where it's like, yeah. If you do lose and the PGA Tour falls apart, it's kind of inevitable it, or it's kind of written in the stars in terms of. Uh, I'm yeah. sure there were mistakes made along the way that could have been prevented, you know, whatever. But, dude, it's just, it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of amazing that it's held together even like it has because. Uh, it could it
0: a few players yes. away from
1: the the dam really really breaking I think and I, I think so
0: yeah. yeah and I'm I'm thankful to those gentlemen that that we're going to now compensate lavishly that they did not leave um, because that leaves me a place to play a place to earn a living a place to achieve you know my goals and dreams so I am eternally thankful for them uh, and will continue to be the longer they stay here and I hope they stay here forever. Um, but you know, there are holes in the dam. We, we're going to wait and see a lot of this is wait and see, see how this shit goes. See if we can generate enough revenue, see what they're doing over there. See about the lawsuit, see, you know, whatever it may be. So in a, in a whirlwind answer, there's, there's no telling what compromise would be like. And I don't, I don't want to compromise with them. I'm, I don't understand why Tiger and Rory are saying that. I don't, and they, they obviously have access to a few more high level information, you know, tidbits than I do, but not that many. I I like, fuck those guys. No, we are not compromising. We are going to make our house. We're going to build our house. We're going to build our house strong and big and lavish. And it's going to be awesome. And we're going to highlight all the top talent. And we're going to hopefully tell the stories of the not so top talent when they get into the mix, like that is the model. Let's stop worrying about people leaving and trying to tear the house down. Like let's just take care of our own and do the best we can for our members and our sponsors and our tournaments. And fuck those guys, man. Like I get why they left. Like I still have a ton of, maybe not a ton of them, but quite a few of them are still good friends of mine and we talk a lot and I fucking love them. Like they're, they're my brothers, but who cares what they do man let's stop caring about what they do let's just make our shit the best let's let's we can't get into a spending war let's stop doing that shit right like let's just make make our house bigger and better than theirs i
1: was going to say yeah the the reconciliation talk makes sense if if you are still really fearing those dudes a lot of the dudes being in the room in delaware if you're still fearing them leaving like that's the only thing that like and I, it i maybe maybe they are but it just doesn't seem like maybe it. that's
0: yeah maybe that's the the little bit of info that they know sure. right that that could be that that there are five or six of those guys that are on the fence and they're thinking yeah um we'll see. I would be surprised if if that was the case i would Not that i haven't been surprised throughout this whole thing anyway um but that would be pretty shocking to me i think so if that's the case and there's not not but one or two of those guys on the fence and maybe they're they're but they may Still stay, stop worrying about those guys, man. Let Greg Norman run it into the ground. Let the Saudis spend billions and billions and billions of dollars and then wake up five years from now and be like, what we we've spent all this and didn't do any of the revenue generating and none of these teams are sold. Like, yeah, we need to stop worrying about them. We need to make our product as good as it possibly can be. And we're, we're taking a lot of the right steps in doing so. Um, and I hope we continue to make it better and better and better, but we are in a holding pattern. We're in a wait and see, will people even care that our product is better? Right. I mean, will will they do a good enough job over there that like, oh, wow, they're going to, all right, well, maybe I can watch either one of them. Right. Who knows? But we'll see. I'm excited to find out Stop worrying about them. Yeah. Yeah. I I am too. It's, it's obviously an extremely, extremely entertaining and, and riveting time to be a part of this landscape in a very very small degree but as a professional golfer on the pga tour i mean it is it's awesome i mean it's it is wildly entertaining almost day in and day out um that that we don't have to sacrifice any further for kind of the greater good of of professional golf and then golf as well but you know most of us professional golfers really don't care about the 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 general game of golf. Um, I would say I do to some degree, but I just want to keep playing golf for money and, and achieving my, my, my goals and my dreams. And, you know, if golf kind of suffers along the way, I think most of us would say, ah, oh, that's a bummer. Um, so yeah, stop looking to PGA tour professionals to like grow the game and, and <laughs> like do good things. Right. We're just, no, we're trying to that's achieve. That's what the live
1: golfers are for. That's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Over there, yeah. 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 The they're,
0: they're <laughs> Yeah. I could grow the game. I mean, if they, if they want to sign me, it's going to cost them a pretty penny, but I'll grow the game for you. (laughs) Not the guys that you sent over there. No.
1: Well, I I do wonder what the Netflix thing is going to do for, you know, what you're talking about in terms of delivering the eyeballs and the interest. If, if, you know, I, again, I don't, if you don't fix a television product, I don't think you're going to retain a lot of people, but uh, I I'm curious if it, if it, Drives an interest, you know, it did with formula one, but formula one, I think had a way better house in order uh, and was ready to yeah. entertain new people and made it easy to digest. And I think golf is a way different struggle. And, um,
0: I, I don't know if it's, it's going to, yeah, I, I, I could see a way in which it helps them more than it helps us. I was wondering the same thing. I think thing. it helped yeah. I think it helps both. Um, but I could see it helping them a bit more than it does us, but the gentlemen that left that were featured don't have great reputations they're winners they're they've achieved great things in this game but they don't have the best reputations they may not be the easiest people to turn on and they're not maybe not that fascinating when you turn the television on and you watch Brooks Brooks Kefka sitting around in a rental home eating his eating his breakfast I could be wrong maybe he puts on a different a different face and he, he does a better job of kind of acting and like yeah. and if he does it's going to help them more than it's going to help us. But I don't think they're that good at at, at the entertaining part of everything. <laughs> I think over the course of the last few years, people have seen that eh, yeah, just just those guys aren't really that cool. And like, <laughs> I don't really care what they're doing. Let's it's, let's skip this episode, right? I mean, yeah. who cares? It's uh, going to just I, be, that's my hope. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what it's like. It's going to be I mean, shit! It's going to be must see TV. It should. I think come out the week after the Super Bowl, so I'm sure I cannot I don't what uh, so that's Phoenix and then uh week of Riv which hopefully I play my way into Riv just so I can be on the grounds and hear what because we'll all have watched it by probably when everybody tees off on Thursday if not earlier. I'm assuming people are just going to fly through it. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Seeing here all the stuff that that's going on, that will be that will be wildly entertaining. All
1: right, we're going to let you go, man. We're going to we're going to maybe have you back a little more frequently instead of you the, doing these mega episodes cuz we greatly appreciate your very candid perspective on everything and it uh it beats. It, text me whenever we're saying stuff on the pod that doesn't make any sense you or we got all wrong. Just just
0: keep it keep okay. us honest. Okay. Uh, you guys do a you guys do a very good job. Keep uh, you honest. know, I don't I will. I will and, you know, you were part of the reason for the kind of recent turnaround. The call outs, the, right. the shout outs like I kind of listened to the first bit. I was like, oh shit, I hope he's not talking about me. <laughs> and then I listened to the next one. I was like, oh fuck, he was talking about me. All right. I got to continue to get better. Uh, we always say we have tons of time when we do. And I don't, I like doing nothing in with my tons of time off. Um, but I, I really enjoy sharing the time with you guys. Um, I got, I've been a really big fan of uh, Tron and Randy's trap. they too. I got to get on there and just talk about something. Oh God. Yeah. Well. Hell yeah. Uh, they started going on like, Airports and and the pet peeves and oh man I got it I got to get on there I will uh, for a, for one of their chop sessions man that does as much as I've been traveling we've been turning those on and it's it's been wildly entertaining I will shoot uh, them my message. brother and I are texting back and forth about what they're saying what they're talking about it's been a lot of
1: fun I'll shoot them uh, message but I they, yeah. they don't listen to this podcast so uh, they'll never hear that yeah no, they don't <laughs> listen to the golf one
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right brother well thanks for the time and we'll uh, chat soon cheers. You got it. Happy holidays. See you.
0: Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.